Fighting isn't all there is to the art of war. The men who think that way and are satisfied to have food to eat and a place to sleep are mere vagabonds. A serious student is much more concerned with training his mind and disciplining his spirit than with developing martial art, martial skills. Hello and welcome to episode 237 of Under the Cowl of MS. That's a quote by Eiji Yashikawa Musashi. And the reason I did that little samurai quote was because we're going to start, well, today's a standard Tuesday episode. A little bit of comics, a little bit of MS, a little bit of whatever. And the first comic we're talking about is a spinoff from The Tick, which is an excellent comic that I haven't read any in a long time. I'd like to, I'm looking forward to sitting down and rereading them. So I picked out this one to start with, and it's Paul the Samurai. <clears throat> it's a little spinoff character from The Tick comic run. And I have issue number one through five. I hope I find more in my stacks because I was just loving this story. But it starts out with Paul the Samurai. Kind of stuck in America. And... is basically coming across some supervillains along the way. First of which that he runs into is the paper. Oh, what was his name again? Paper boy or paper, (laughs) paper cut. Yeah. He can take any type of paper there is. And he basically can throw it so perfectly that he can damage you, cut you and stuff like that. (laughs) understand this one part was just goofy as heck because he attacked the samurai with a bunch of um, post-it notes (laughs) when you see the next picture after samurai gets attacked and he's down and on the ground and stuff he's got like all these (laughs) post-it notes stuck all over his sword all over his chest all that stuff but none of them are cut into him (laughs) but he's still falls over and takes damage in his own little comedic way. But it's fun watching him, how loyal he is, uh, how he deals with these different types of characters through here. We get a character that is obsessed with American machinery, can't stand that the Japanese are coming in and building all these cars that the materials don't last, they don't hold up. And so he builds himself a giant mechanical car bot type outfit and he goes to attack the different Asian entities that are bringing stuff into America. And along the way, he runs into all the samurai and they start fighting and then. While that's going on, some midi men show up, these three Japanese characters, and they're there to fight uh, the car car creature, but then Paul the Samurai kind of gets mixed up in the whole battle with them, and then we get to see them fight with Paul and the American monster car bot. And it's just fun watching these mini men. You get this little character that thinks she's this like major badass and she controls the squad. Yeah the Zen type character that keeps (laughs) throwing out all these different little Zen quotes. And then 
kind of a military type character that kind of stands off in the background shooting his guns. And it's just fun watching these characters work together and get their butts kicked by Paul and and them attacking trying to focus on the American Carbot kind of Transformer type character thing. And it just goes into a good storyline where they're working for a corporation that's trying to get certain advertising out and there's other characters that are working for these advertising companies and all these things end up clashing together. The third story gets into a story about it kind of goes away from that stuff and goes into a story about dogs attacking their owners and robbing their owners and <laughs> stealing their wallets and their jewelry and stuff like that. And we find out that this dog kennel place kind of did some Frankensteining on these dogs and ex- or experimenting on these dogs of rich people and made their dogs able to speak human talk and they'd attack their human owners and bring their riches back to the scientist and just it's fun watching where the story goes watching Paul deal with the dogs attacking them and it was a lot of hilarity and fun throughout that one and then we get into the fourth one. Excuse me. That dry throat going on. In this one, we get into uh, going back into the advertising, adver- evil advertisers part of it and what they got going on. And they're trying to hire Paul to do some stuff. And while they're doing this, they happen to have this bird-like creature chick jump in fly into the scenes and attack everybody and she's gonna kill off paul and the midi men and everybody else and there's this peckerhead character that's a friend of paul's that we see in here and it just so happens that the bird chick happens to be his sister and she's an environmentalist and she works with some tree creatures that are trying to stop all these corporations from doing all this damage throughout this with the advertisers trying to get things to do to include these characters and get Paul into their advertising and stuff and it's funny watching where they go what they do And I love how you they go in the backstory of Peckerhead as his sister, <laughs> and we learn why they became what they did at the time. <laughs> so he started out as Pecker Man, <laughs> but, but yeah, she ended up being the crested grebe, but got some pretty good powers she uh does some major damage in here and paul ends up becoming part of it and while this is happening all of a sudden we get to see paul bunyan and babe the blue ox appear (laughs) which these characters are just hilarious uh so you got Paul the Samurai and Paul Bunyan the Woodsman. We get into samurai swords fighting against axes of giant lumbermen, lumberjacks. Uh, we get to see the three characters, what's up with them. We get to see a character who has a coin for a head. Uh, <laughs> there's just a ton of fun in these. But 
Yeah, let's see what happens. You also get some samurais that appear in here and uh, attack everybody. It's just there's so much chaos and fun that if you like to take it all and the goofiness of it and stuff like that, these are perfect for you. This is a great, great side character to do a runoff story with. I I don't care how long his run went. I'm going to check out the complete thing, hopefully. I know some of these are hard to get now. Now, uh, excuse me, got the burp, burp attack going on here now all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of the tick comics I have and stuff. I know they're worth worth a good price and harder to find, harder to pick up for a reasonable deal. So but if you get them, check them out. I suggest, highly suggest them. I I suggest anything with the tick. Pretty much, I've been I've had a lot of fun with them. Flaming carrots, great character and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot of different ones. But the other comic I'm going to talk about is King the Conqueror, number one by Marvel Comics. Now, this was one I was not going to jump on at all. I had to take a sip of water here. So grab your glasses, take a sip. See if I can clear out the throat some. Gain the characters and character I had no interest in. Absolutely none. Had to see the kangaroo version of them in the whole Spider Ham five issue, I think, comic run that I sadly jumped on. Or <laughs> I believe it was a club pick for Crimson Cole comic. Club podcast, uh, I decided to jump on it. That's one I could have dealt without. Uh, I don't, didn't hate the character, just didn't pull me in. With the different dimensions and all the different animal characters and stuff, it just wasn't overly thrilled with it, but I was kind of interested in the King Guru character. Uh, I think the other I got introduced to him somewhere else not not too far back. And not sure if it was uh, something related with Squirrel Girl or Deadpool. I can't think of it. But it caught my interest and I'm like, well I wanna know more about this Kane character. So then I checked this one out. And here we see King using his powers, and we see a a young Nathaniel Richards, which is Reed Richards' son. And we do have a little synopsis here, I guess. The man called King the Conqueror has been a pharaoh, a villain, a warlord. Of the, a warlord of the spaceways and even on rare occasions a hero. Across all timelines, one fact seemed absolute. Time means nothing to King the Conqueror. What if that was a lie? And said it a ton of times before. I hate time travel. I'd rather deal with alternate dimensions, stuff like that other realities but I'm not a fan of time travel because one aspect of time travel you're told anything you do can alter events another aspect you can do whatever and people can continuously travel to those time zones and nothing changes or someone does go back in time and changes something someone else goes back in time and changes it again Someone else goes back time, fixes it again, different way. It's like, it's never ending. It's 
just stupidity to me, but it can make for a good story where this one actually kind of pulled me in a little bit. I do like the, uh, the Richards kids, Reed and Sue's kids. I like what I've seen with them in the Spider-Man runs from the, uh, the, uh, Marvel zombies runs that I read. That was my first real introduction to these characters. And I believe I'm right in saying that this is Reed and Sue's son. Not that this is some other Richards down the line. Who knows? I mean, this isn't kind of futuristic, so it could be a kid of Reed's kid's kid or something. I can't remember because I thought I thought Reed's kid was Frank or something like that. I don't know. I'd have to go back. I can't ever remember any of this shit. And I know I got two computers right here and I could just push a couple buttons and find out for myself. But you know what? That's the fun of it. <laughs> Not doing that shit. <laughs> I don't want to continually search for stuff and I just want to try and figure it out for myself and be surprised down the road when I read things like this. I think this was really surprising to me seeing that this Nathan Richards ends up becoming King. And basically King comes, finds him, and says, hey, you got to go, go through time with me and... See the things that are good, see the things that are bad, see things that can be changed, get trained and stuff, and we're going to basically make you me. <laughs> it's like, that's what he's doing. Just, and they go back to the Cretaceous period and stuff, and uh, they go back 65 million BCE. I don't know what Chicks Love Laramidia is. That's just what the part of the planet was called at that time or what it was. But they go there for a year to train him and develop his powers and get him get him into the character that he'll basically become and which will I guess be Kang and the Conqueror and I was very surprised by this. I did not did not expect that. I'm sure I was told in the past who Kang was, but I my brain doesn't keep anything. I'll forget this a month from now after I've when I go and read the next one and be like, oh, hey, <laughs> this is cool. And it's the one nice thing with having an MS brain. I can sit there and watch shows over and over. They're, they can be just as exciting the next time as the last. But, yeah, you see a little bit of... The Reed character being pulled by the Kang character to never fall in love and you get to find out why some aspects of life that he went through and stuff and what he's trying to save this save the younger version from doing it himself and of course he does fall in love with someone and kind of irritates King along the way because of it and stuff. And just, you get a lot of, you get to see them learning, working, building their, building his powers and stuff and basically going through all this training and the lessons he learns along the way. And, it's interesting. You can see how he turns into the type of person he becomes. And I'm looking forward to issue two. I'm not going to give away all the stuff that happens in this one, but it's definitely caught my eye. Uh, 
got me interested in that character, which I did not expect. I already stopped already stopped pre-ordering the issues. I think I just got number two coming still, and then I stopped because I figured I'd see whether or not I liked it, and I can always buy it off the rack or down the road if I do. And I do. So I'm going to definitely get further into this run. I don't know if I'd be interested in the earlier days of Kang. I'm having a lot of struggles going back into the comics. The older ones, I just... The stories are so long. They talk so much. <laughs> I just forget about what I'm reading after a while. I get bored with a lot of those storylines when I read the older comics. But I've been enjoying the, I think, comic, the comic industry right now is in one of the best places it's ever been. Uh, comics are designed more to catch your interest and not not drain you out, not suck the life out of you when you read them. <laughs> the characters are fun the way they're playing with them and re, reinventing a lot of them and making their newer versions. I believe most of them are being done very well, but yeah, it's, if you haven't read comics in a long time, I really suggest just picking a few up of these newer ones that are out because there's a lot of fun to be had out there. It's a lot of great creators, writers, artists, inkers, tracers, sketchers, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. There's everything out there nowadays, colorists and paper makers. <laughs> Whatever he could find, and some of these comics have so many people involved. I don't know how they can make a centerpiece off these things, but as long as they're giving us good entertainment, I ain't gonna bitch about it. I'm going to keep reading it and enjoying it. So keep bringing it on, and I will keep picking them up. And that will be it for comic portion today, and we will get back to you right after this with some MS stuff. You can always die. It's living that takes real courage. Another little samurai quote by Hermura Kenshin. Uh, today for MS, multiple sclerosis talk, I'm just going to talk about a variety of different things. I got little notes and stuff of. And let's talk about that stuff. Got a thing here talking about a trial of three medications, amantadine, modafinil, and methylphenidate. How different findings suggested that there was no statistically or clinically significant difference between any of those treatments or the order in which they were taken. To say one was more effective than the placebo, one outcome that was noted is analysis is that there were small improvements compared to the placebo with excessive daytime sleepiness when patients took modafinil or methylphenidate, but further research is needed. So basically you're risking a bunch of side effects with those multiple medications to see if they'll do anything. And I know I have been on both amantadine and, and methylphenidate. I didn't notice anything from them. So I, I chose to go off them. But I don't like how they're just putting these things out as much as they are and coming out with different versions to try for certain symptoms and without significant results, I don't see the sense of just putting this stuff out in the market. It looks like a big money grab for me, as far as I'm concerned, as far as they're sitting there and trying to make money off the insurance companies and all that by just putting these medications out and saying they'll do help and they don't do much anything. But I just, I disagree with 
a lot of these medications nowadays. We got to look at them. It's like, this is my third DMD that I'm on with my Mabenclad. I can't even think of the name anymore. I got such bad. I'm start. This is week three of year one, the start of it. I am still nauseous 24 seven. I'm nauseous to the point of pukiness. I obviously my cog fog is just ridiculous. If you listen to the last few episodes, I and mean, I had that week off because of the stupid internet being out, and then I get back on and I had a bunch of stuff lined up to talk about and do, and my brain just isn't firing the way I want it to, and I'm not my attitude is just total in the dumps because the nauseous nauseousness it's like while you're talking you're getting the urge to erp <laughs> which isn't fun and yeah they're just getting more and more nasty with these podcasts and the ms part because yeah along with that I did get some anti-nausea medication that I was talking about a pill you dissolve under your tongue. Well, it says dissolve it on your tongue. And then my wife's like, well, usually ours, we say dissolve under the tongue. And that's better because you're not getting the direct taste on your taste buds. So I started doing that. But it's still, you'll get that little bit of flavoring taste in your throat and stuff. And it makes you want to throw up too. So that's no good. And then, and of course, today I didn't take one yet because I was trying to see how long I could ride it out before I was hugging the porcelain, porcelain god. But <laughs> uh, getting nastier, we also got constipation issues now because of the, I'm guessing it's from the Maven Cloud medication. I didn't want to totally diarrhea myself up with a bunch of medications, so I Held off until yesterday. I took one, but it didn't do nothing. But, uh, I s- sat there and, yeah, couldn't poop for a few days. <laughs> and when you do, it's like giving birth to a, a giant rock or <laughs> Uh, trying to push out a watermelon. It's like, yeah, it's my chocolate starfish he made to open that one. <laughs> but it's just, that's been a real annoyance. Kind of getting over that somewhat, but not yet. <laughs> I foresee a couple more days of issues yet. I don't know. Hopefully that's only a one-time thing after the medication. But yeah, I didn't want to flush it out too bad because I heard people flushing their system with a ton of water while they're taking Mavenclad and stuff like that. It's like you want the medication to do its job. And if you're just flushing your system out, you're basically flushing a lot of that medication out too. So I didn't want to do something like that. That is going to affect it. So I suffered through it as much as I could, but yeah, now it's time to flush some stuff out. Again. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, you gotta watch take, with taking all these medications and the side effects. But as far as I'm concerned, this is strike number three. If this DMD doesn't do something, I'll give it the two year, the whole two years, since I didn't have no really weird side effects yet. And then I, I got this week and next week free yet. And then I take my next full week of medication. Then I'm done for the rest of the year till year two. But we will see. 
I'll still keep you informed about my disgusting lifestyle issues throughout it and what's going on with it. And if I see anything from it, I'm hoping today or tomorrow to start my gate testing. I can get my distances on how far I go with a cane, how far I go without a cane, how far I go with my walker. And each day, each day or uh, probably every other day, it wouldn't make sense to do it each day just because of fatigue from the day before or anything's going to affect distancing. And I want to see good numbers, uh, good actual numbers I can work with here and see if there is any gate changes over the period with this medication and hopefully see changes where less and less get further and further without the pain and walker or at least longer distances with them and get to some decent distances that maybe get out and do some things again take the wife out and go do some hiking and stuff I really miss going out in the wilderness and playing. Yeah. Speaking of that, I miss my puppers too. <laughs> miss having my dog going out, taking them out to the Kelm and stuff like that. But if you have a dog or many other animals, some of them have a sixth sense. They can uh, see when you're down. They can feel your what your body's going through. They can sense certain things. They can. I had a rabbit that uh, would come anytime I was having an episode. I believe this was before I was even diagnosed with MS. But these were MS episodes I was having. I just had an ignorant-ass doctor that wouldn't listen to anything that I had to say. So, But when I'd have a relapse coming on or a flare-up coming on, before it would happen, that rabbit would start nibbling on my big toe on my left foot. And it's just so weird because my left foot is my uh, main uh, drop foot. and my main uh, foot with my spasticity issues, foot and leg. It focuses on that left leg, left foot, but my gait issues focus on my right side. It's like I got, everything works in its own different areas depending on where the lesions are in our brains. But there's been stories of people with dogs, cat, bunnies, hamsters, a variety of animals that kind of like, give them signals when they're going to have a flare-up or something like that. So kind of pay attention to your your little buddies. Uh, my dog, my last dog that I really miss. I, I miss all my animals, but I had to put her down early because of some stupid bladder issue she had. And to this day, I kind of wish I would have just fought it out with her and see what happened, but it's like you would sit there and kind of like lay your head on my leg or something or come up to me when kind of laid by me and stuff like that. Gave me little signals that she could feel something was up with me. But yeah, that's like, so listen to those little critters. They can help you out. It's not just com- companionship. Hey, they're good for lots of things. Uh, it's like, I don't, they can help you physically with things like lowering your anxiety, your stress, helping you relax and stuff like that, provide comfort, decrease loneliness, especially when you have a chronic illness and no one, everybody leaves your side and (laughs) leaves you alone. It's like those critters are always good to have. They're always happy every time we come in that door. They don't care about what we're dealing with. They're just happy to be with us. They increase mental stimulation. And then physically, they can help you lower your blood pressure, improve cardiovascular health, petting a, petting a pet, 
is proven to apparently help lower blood pressure. I've heard uh, can reduce the amount of medications needed by some people because you're not taking as many medications for stress, anxiety, and depression and stuff like that. Uh, it can slow slow breathing and anxious people when you're focusing on just petting your animal and just focusing on them instead of focusing on stuff that's making you anxious. And re- releases hormones like phenylethylamine, which has the same effects as chocolate, uh, diminish it, diminish physical pain overall. Uh, they offer unconditional love. Uh, it's just pets are awesome. It can be pains in our ass, but. They're a benefit more than a hassle. Treat the, treat the animals good. They're just out to help us. Unlike the asshole humans on this planet that are just out to destroy each other. But <laughs> uh, doctors talking about natalizumab to Sabri, which I was considering taking, which depending on what happens with Maven Cloud, I said that this is strike three. I've done Copaxone and Ocrevus and with no luck and now this. And every one of them had tons of side effect issues that I dealt with. Tons of issues that makes you think, well, was it worth hoping not to have certain relapses and shit to take these medications and get all these other issues? And then... You're supposedly holding off major relapses that might not have happened. So it's, you never know. It's, it's hard to decide to stay on DMDs when you're sitting there feeling like shit all the time. But I decided that if this one doesn't do much after the two year thing, then I'm probably done with them. But to say I was the other one I did want to try. But they say it's, one of our, their most effective therapies used in management of relapsing forms of MS. I don't even know if it would even benefit me since I've advanced the secondary progressive, but when I wanted to take it, I, I believe I was still in my relapsing form, but my doctors back then wouldn't listen. They wanted to show Copaxone on me. That didn't do shit. I think that advanced me to secondary and then Ocrevus. Didn't do nothing. But each time I still had more lesions, bigger lesions, all that craps. But therapies used in management or over the years, they've gained valuable knowledge about reducing the risk of PML that might be linked to the use of that drug because a lot of people, that's their main concern is that stupid brain bug disease that can kill you instantly. Hopefully they can get more knowledge about that, get that figured out. But they have been having better results with it, and they haven't had as many issues. So Studies show that many people with MS treated with natalizumab do experience objective improvements in disability as measured by their EDSS test. So that's why I was interested in it. And Anything that I hear a little bit improvement with what we have to deal with, with our issues, I know it's not going to take them away, but hell, if I can get them to be a little bit better, all I want to do is go back to shit. The way I was, even in the 90s, I could still get around, I could still work, I could still do stuff. I had my issues, but I could have controlled them. If I could have got on a DMT, back then and got the knowledge to know that what I had was going on and I could do certain things to try and counter future issues with it. That's where I would have liked to have gotten back to with any of these. It's about stem cells, anything. It's just like, get me back to there. Yeah, I was still struggling. I still had issues, but I could have a life. I could do things. And now 
this ain't no life. <laughs> it's sitting around and I got the podcast. That's about it. <laughs> it's like physically, it's getting worse and worse every day, week, month, year. It's just going downhill big time. So, yeah, give me something with a little results possible with them. I'll try it. But, yeah, it's like doctors would have just listened to me. That's all I ask. <laughs> You're going to be a doctor. Do it because you want to help people. Do it because you want to listen to people. You just want to operate on shit and not listen to them. Become a veterinarian. Become someone that works with the dead. Something like that. But if you're going to be in the medical field, be out there to help people. Because people that are going through shit don't want to be, don't need to be. And you're there to make their life as better as you can. And we need you. (laughs) Alright. Some bladder issues doctor talks about are common in multiple sclerosis. MS can cause a small overactive bladder with associated urinary frequency, urgency, and incontinence. MS can also cause a large underactive or neurogenic bladder. This type of bladder dysfunction might be compared to pouring water into a glass and then it overflows from the top but never completely empties. Kind of like the feeling you get when you have a catheter in. Uh, small OAB it's type of bladder dysfunction is frequently treated with anti-cholinergic cholinergic medications like oxybutynin, which I'm on right now, tolteridine, elephenicin, and others, or anti muscarinic drugs like marabegron or beta-adrenergic drugs like vibragon. There are also treatment options for OAB that might not involve medications or that might be used in addition to medications like pelvic floor training and tibial nerve stimulation. Both resulted in improvements in the common symptoms of OAB due to MS and improvements in quality of life. These types of therapies would typically be done through a physical therapist specializing in pelvic floor and bladder issues through your kegels and all that stuff. And do what you can because I go, I go both ways. I got the overactive and underactive bladder so it's always fun. It's just you never know what you're going to get each week, each day. It's, well, each hour sometimes you can go one way and then the other way or be feeling normal for a little while in between. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all over the place sometimes. And I'm on my second, second or third medication for it. This one does help more often than not, but you're still dealing with issues randomly. So it's... But this is a medication that I will stay on or try one of the other ones down the line. But, yeah, it's definitely improved certain things. Uh, I do have nights where I can make it till about 5 in the morning. But then I also have the nights for every half hour. You're running for those stairs. Well, not running. Sitting up. <laughs> Getting pissed that I got to try and get up try and stand up hope i don't seize seize up a leg or something or both legs or ankles or feet or toes on the way to the stairs and then going up stairs got to fight different seat different spasticity and seizure issues with that as i'm going up it and you're trying to hold your bladder at the same time or it's just no it's fun (laughs) then you have some nights which you actually get to sleep for a few hours There is an ongoing search for biomarkers that may add to the information we get from MRI history and examination. One of those potential biomarkers is optical coherence tomography. 
This quick, inexpensive, and painless test uses light waves to measure the thickness of different structures in the retina. Ophthalmologists use OCT in conditions such as glaucoma or retinal dis- detachments. MS specialists have been using OCT to add to our knowledge and management of MS. The retinal nerve fiber layers is part of the central nervous system, and prior research show, has shown the RNFL thickness correlates with the brain volume. This study shows thinning of the RNFL also correlates with progression of disability. This may add an important tool for monitoring RMS. I am very interested in this, and I am going to take this up to my eye doctor and talk to her about it because she she opened up my eyes to a lot of things with my recent study uh talking to what she can see by looking at the nerves and it's it's interesting what they have nowadays with the eye x-rays and the machine that one machine you can look into and it can light up all the areas of your eye your visual (laughs) uh passageways and stuff like that and see all the nerve systems and how they've been affected over the years by different things yeah i'm gonna talk to her about this now and see what this is and see if i can get this done and learn a little bit more and i also want to see how this works along with head trauma and any type of brain injuries head injuries and stuff like that how it can help that part of the central nervous system the retinal nerve fibers and stuff like that because i think you're going to see that that's going to also be an area that will be highly affected by it it's like a lot of hits and stuff are right in the forehead right above the eyes in that frontal lobe area and i think you can you're going to see nerve damage in the retina also caused by especially blows to the side of the head and stuff like that and boxers, fighters, mixed martial artists and stuff. You're going to see a lot of those things crossing over, I believe, when I get deeper into that stuff. But All right, what else did they talk about? The FDA has approved the portable neuromodulation stimulator device for use in conjunction with physical therapy to improve walking in people with MS and traumatic brain injuries. This device is worn around the neck during therapy and delivers a mild mild electrical stimulus to two cranial nerves, and in theory, this may improve neuroplasticity or rerouting of central nervous system electrical information around areas that are damaged. Physical therapists will likely need to get some training in the use of this device before they're ready to start using it, but we'll be hearing about that in the near future. The way it sounds, and like I've said in the past, well, this one I might be able to use. I mean, if you're putting it on the neck, I might be able to take the electrical stimulation. But electrical stimulation in my legs and back, I cannot take because of my numbness. It just freaks out my nerves and muscles, and it just, uh, it's just such a weird, intense pain. I can't take it. I'm being electrocuted alive. All right. Let's end this with a little idea. If you want to make like a berry parfait, they got a little recipe in here, but it's very simple. I mean, just take yourself some low-fat yogurt, uh, non-dairy or dairy, depending on what kind of diet thing you're following. And if you're using a gut biome thing or whatever, whichever type of yogurt you use and just put like a layer of that and then some fresh berries and some granola and then another layer with some more yogurt berries granola another layer and just fill your cup up with two three four layers and mix them up and you can also add coconut and coconut's awesome there's tons of forms of coconut that you can get there's coconut meat is tasty and slightly sweet and you can enjoy it raw or dried many related products are produced from it including coconut milk cream and oil 
there's the coconut is high in fat. The MCTs it contains may help you lose excess body fat. The meat also provides carbs and proteins along with many essential minerals such as manganese, copper, iron, and selenium. It's like I mentioned I started using the MCT oil in my coffee. And I found out the CBDs that I've been buying from this new guy. He uses MCT oil as his base oil for it. And so I cut back a little bit on my <laughs> MCT oils. Not that I didn't want to overdo it, but eating coconut may improve cholesterol levels and help increase belly fat, which is a risk factor for heart disease. Uh, I miss having coconut. I, I miss a lot. I, sh I miss nuts, period. <laughs> I miss nuts. Uh, I miss a variety of my nuts, cashews, and almonds, and all that stuff. And I just can't eat it without pricking teeth because I don't have them. Coconuts contain polyphenol antioxidants that can protect your cells from damage, which may reduce your disease risk. Uh, it's versatile in the kitchen and works well in both sweet and savory foods. Great choice for those on low-carb, paleo, gluten-free, or nut-free diets. It's surprising that it doesn't affect you with nut diets, but it's high in calories, so if you're watching your weight, keep your portions small. Check with your healthcare provider about eating it if you you have very high cholesterol or at risk of heart disease and stuff like that. But yeah, coconut's a great flavor to add. Yeah, coconut oil, coconut milk is great for using in different recipes and stuff. So add those in too. And we're gonna end it here. Be good to yourself, be good to everybody else. Get you out of monster. We'll talk to you again soon. Check out Crimson Color Comic Club. Check out Under the Cowl. And we got audio and video for you to check out. So talk to you again soon.